The voice of Anne Rayburn is like getting a glimpse into the musical sirens of the past. At the time I am writing this intro, she has 142,000 subscribers on YouTube. She does covers where she harmonizes with herself. You see multiple versions of her singing like a barbershop quartet. She doesn't really repeat artists much. She keeps it fresh and has written a few songs of her own. That's why you couldn't just label her as another cover artist. She's not only gifted at singing, she's gifted as a video editor and works in sound. The Bartlesville, Oklahoma native is an audio technician, a field dominated by men. So, welcome Ann Rayburn. Hi. What's up? Well, welcome to the podcast. I'd like Thank to start you. out by saying we can't be friends because you're an OU grad and I'm an OSU grad. I know we have to hate each other. I know. Other. Oh my gosh. So how was Norman? I really liked Norman. My hometown has 35,000 people uh-huh. and Norman has 110,000. So it's a nice intermediate, not quite the yeah. big city, but uh, definitely not a small town anymore. All right. So, let's jump into it. You were in the journalism program in Norman, and um, I was wondering if your love of journalism led you to do the um, video of the World News Polka. (laughs) So, my degree is a BA in journalism, but I didn't do a whole lot of traditional print journalism it's just that my major which was creative media like audio video production was in the school of journalism mass communication um i did work on student news though which was really fun the world news polka funnily enough you just never know who's gonna see your stuff on youtube so it's actually someone who worked on the show the composer of the world news polka who saw my video somehow and emailed me asking me to do a version for them. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. That was going to be my next question is like, did you know that ABC was going to feature you? But wow. So they asked you to do that. Yeah. It was a great honor. Like (laughs) Weird Al and Kermit the Frog have done versions of that song. And I got to do one too. It's pretty awesome. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. So, um, when you were in Norman, did you mostly, um, do journalism and like learn about sound design is cause I know I, when I was in, I was in a journalism program at OSU and I went more for like the video production side. Okay. Um, OSU has a lot of radio stuff too. Oh, don't they? OSU has some radio stuff. Yeah. Um, They do have a good radio program. I wasn't really in the radio program, though. I know friends who were. Did, so... I was... I personally was drawn towards sound, and I, Mm -hmm. in school, I did an emphasis in audio production because of music. Nice. So, it started maybe my junior or senior year of high school. I wanted to learn Mm -hmm. how to record myself, so that was how my um sound quest started and then in school I just decided 
that it was a underrated, uh, <laughs> underrated yeah, yeah. aspect, and I wanted to learn more about it. That is very cool. So what kind of artists inspired you when you were, like, really young? You can uh, you can name quite a few if you want. <laughs> I don't, I don't okay. <laughs> when you're really young, you don't even get to pick the mm -hmm. music you listen to, right? It's really right. like what your parents listen to. Mm -hmm. So for me, there was a whole lot of 80s music, mm -hmm. um, like Bee Gees, ABBA, R.E.M., Rush... There's some old country like Johnny Cash and Mary Chapin Carpenter. Um, there was some classical music because my dad played violin as a child and I took mm -hmm. piano lessons. Oh, yeah. And uh, my parents also used to take me to the symphony. So there was plenty of classical music. Um and what else? With my mom, it was more like whatever was on the radio. So adult, alternative, contemporary, Shania Twain, Shania. Sheryl Crow, mm -hmm. some of those old country, uh, not old, you know, the late yeah, 90s, early right. 2000s country. Pop, pop music Hill. Pop music just w goes so quick. It, like 20 years ago is like old, even though it's like doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Right, right. So that is an interesting um point you said country music so you did a cover of uh john denver's take me home country roads what inspired your um oklahoma version i love that song i think that song was from my childhood too it just feels like i've known it forever <laughs> um it's it's a classic and even though this original is not about Oklahoma I felt like I related to it especially after having moved out of Oklahoma um, because Oklahoma is my home and it has country roads and um, there's just a uh, like a deep and strange emotional connection to those words that he sings. It's a really nostalgic, it, even though I've never been to West Virginia. Right. It does have that nostalgia kick to it. Um, mm -hmm. Another song that I don't really hear a lot, but you did a cover of it, Stupid Cupid. Where did you first like hear that song? What made you like be like this song? You know, I was about to say, I don't know where I first heard that, but I think I actually do. It just came to me in a flash, and this is very strange. But, you know, like in elementary school, how your school used to do, like, programs? Uh-huh. Like, performances? Yeah. It, okay, it wasn't like a full-on play. It was just, like, each grade did a couple songs that they sang. Uh-huh. So, I remember being little and seeing an older grade do a version of stupid cupid in their spring program at oh, school so cool. except 
it wasn't stupid because I guess like stupid is a bad yeah. word or something. So they made it scuba cupid. Scuba cupid. And they were yes, <laughs> this is real. They were wearing like masks, goggles, and snorkels. And I think that oh that might have been the first time that I heard it. But at some point, I did hear the original. I but I don't know when. Yeah. That's my. I. That's my earliest. I like the only rem- the only time I remember that song ever being played was in Princess Diaries where Mandy Moore was singing it at the beach. Oh, I definitely watched that. So that might have been one of my first exposures to it too. It's a great song though. It is. It's such a good song and I was like, "Wow." And you used that to launch your Patreon. Is that correct? Or did I think I did. Yeah. And like I'm trying to remember. It was a while ago now, <laughs> yeah. but I think I did because mm-hmm. that was one of the first um I guess higher production value songs that I did. So I think I did that one to be like this is what I could do if I had some more money. Nice. And it yeah. was it was very good because you had another artist come in and you had it wasn't just you in your room doing production by yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had my friend Brian, his channel is called Brian's Thing, um, play saxophone because uh, I had that song on my list for a long time, but I knew that I could not do it without a saxophone solo. Nice. And so when I met him and we talked about doing a cover together, um, that was my chance. There was. So, how many instruments do you play? Three. Three-ish. Three-ish? I would say piano, bass, and guitar, but Mm -hmm. I'm really not that good at guitar. It's a very, very basic level. But I can play a couple chords. So, would you be, like, I don't know how easy it is from, because I never learned guitar. How easy is it to go from, like, guitar to ukulele? Because it seems like some people do that. Or go to ukulele to guitar. Is that an instrument you would be like, like would want to learn? Or is there any other instrument you want to learn? Yeah, I would love to pick up ukulele. I think that it's tuned differently than a guitar. So Mm -hmm. it's not quite as easy as going from guitar to bass, I would say. Because with a bass, you have the lowest four strings are the same as the lowest four strings on guitar, but not the case with ukulele. I think it's a different, different strings, different notes. So you have to do different things with your left hand to play a chord. Gotcha. But I do still think that like the principles of being able to play a, Mm -hmm. a string instrument and reading music and all of that totally useful. And any of that would make it easier to transition between instruments. Cool. No matter which one you learn first. Good to know so that I can get my, start my music education further. So (laughs) you speak Spanish. How proficient are you in Spanish? I always say I have full professional proficiency. Okay. So do you feel Uh, like speaking Spanish helps you um, in the music industry? Hmm. It definitely could. Um, with Despacito, basically, like, blue 
Spanglish open and it's having a moment in music right now. So that's really nice to be comfortable with Spanish right. in that way to be able to know how to pronounce it and know what's being said. Mm -hmm. um, it still definitely is a second language for me. I learned it as an adult uh, in college and through living in Spain. So I would love to put more Spanish in my music, but it's still hard for me yeah. to write in Spanish. So I'm curious. It does not come as easily. <laughs> so I'm curious. So since you do Spanish, especially when you first started, I was going through your YouTube channel and you had more Spanish videos. Um, what do your demographics look like? Have they changed or ha are they still, are the Spanish speaking people that used to comment in your videos, are they still watching? Uh, you're right. It did start out as almost entirely Spanish, even though I was still doing English language songs. Because when I started the channel, I lived in Spain. And um, I was close to Spanish-speaking YouTubers. So in that time, my demographics were quite different than they are now. Yeah, it was almost entirely Spanish-speaking countries, and the United States wasn't even in my top ten. Wow. Um, but after I moved from Spain over the course of months, it just you know, the YouTube algorithms are a mystery. I have no idea how they work. But some more English-speaking people, United States people, started to see my videos. And now the U.S. is my number one country. All right. It's probably 30% probably of my total audience. So that's still, it's pretty diverse. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not looking at it right now, but I think my top are... Let's see, U.S., Spain is still in there. I believe Mexico is in there. Germany is in the top now. And uh, maybe United Kingdom? Yeah, that is pretty diverse. I was going to say, like, 30% in the U.S., that's kind of unusual. But uh... Right, it's not a lot. I think most people are looking more like 70 to 80% U.S. Mm -hmm. so. so you also have an IMDb page. Um how did you first get that? Um, what What's mostly on your IMDb page? I think what's mostly on my IMDb page is crew work, not acting work, because I occasionally do freelance sound jobs. But the first thing on there was I had a little supporting role in an independent film that was shot in my hometown. Um, I played the young flashback version of one of the main characters and that got put on IMDb. I think that's the first thing on there. That was in Bartlesville. It was. Yeah. Nice. It was a local filmmaker who I had known. Pause. It is at this point. We paused the interview because rain was outside of Anne's location. I feel I had to make this announcement because otherwise it sounds like I cut something mid-sentence, which is the point we were discussing if the rain hurt the sound quality. Return to normal programming. Just a small town kind of thing where this filmmaker had known me from a play that I was in years back and they asked me to audition and it was super fun. I 
don't really consider myself an actor, mm -hmm. but if someone wants to give me a part, then I will absolutely <laughs> take it. Right. Take what you, what you're, I mean, that, I mean, that's awesome because you knew the person. Um, so I was wondering, um, cause I was, as I said, I was going through some of your past videos and you were talking about a story on Wattpad. Um, so I was wondering, was that story, it made me kind of wonder, are you or were you bothered by critics on YouTube at the time? Um, let's see. At this point, that story on Wattpad is maybe two years old? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little while back. Um, I, for some reason, have not been bothered by most of the critical things that I see on my channel. But that story is was more about me not being able to write music, actually, because I felt writer's block mm -hmm. um, and was frustrated with myself. You're very talented. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but me being able to write mm -hmm. original music was a pretty recent development mm -hmm. let me let me be more specific me being able to write original music that I was proud of and that I liked was fairly recent it didn't happen until after I moved to LA two years ago mm -hmm. um, so when I wrote that story I was still very much frustrated by my inability to write anything that I was happy with oh well you have great songs out now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something just cracked it open for mm -hmm. me. I don't know what it was, but I wrote terrible songs for years. Ever since I was a teenager, I was writing super, super cheesy bad songs. And I guess I just wrote enough bad songs. <laughs> I paid my dues <laughs> and a couple good ones came out. So that was a big... Uh, that's a big achievement just for me personally to be mm -hmm. able to write something and still like it the next day. That is amazing. I <laughs> I like that and I've been with I've been following you since a little bit before the 100,000 mark where you did that video. Um Okay, awesome. That's quite a while. Yeah. Um doesn't feel like that long but it probably has been <laughs> so do you have like a favorite era of music like your mom you listen to like the 80s with your with your parents and is that your favorite era well, it's so hard for me to say mm -hmm. because I got the 70s and 80s from my parents mm -hmm. I got 90s 2000s when I was growing up and then Sometime after that, I just found that I have also a real soft spot for 50s and 60s. I I love all of them. I can't pick a favorite. Yeah, I would say it's pretty hard. Um, so There's good stuff from every right, year. from all generations. So exactly. With your harmonies, 
Um, I'm. They kind of have a do do woppy sound. Do you? Is that a genre that you enjoy, or that you pull from? Yeah, definitely. I think my harmonies are influenced by that, and also by years of choir that I was in. Choir. I do. I was in choir in middle school, not in high school. Memories flooding back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was such a choir nerd. Mhm. So you love musicals. What was your first role in a musical? Um, my first role was as an Indian in Peter Pan. Um. I was, I think it was the summer before I went into fourth grade, so it was the mm-hmm. early 2000s, Okay. and um, I don't think that I would be playing in Indian nowadays, <laughs> an American Indian, because really? I am, I'm white, but it was uh, a different time in a very small town. Yeah. There's not much diversity there. You played in the Secret Garden, and why was that time so special for you? Because you did message me and you said that when we were talking about um, musicals. Why was that play so special? That one um, just always has kept a really special place in my heart because that was my first lead role. Okay. I had (laughs) the bug from a young age, I guess, Uh because I, I started dance when I was three and a half, and uh, I was performing in dance recitals every year since then. But to have that lead to carry the musical, to be in almost every song and almost every scene was something really special to me. It's a great responsibility, and um, I loved being in the spotlight. Yeah, that would make it special, being being your first starring role. You also played the starring role in My Fair Lady. I did, yeah. <laughs> so That was uh, my senior year of high school. Yeah, that's that's a role that Julie Andrews once played on Broadway. How was that role for, how did that make you feel? Like with a special kind of rich history to that play. It really does. Julie Andrews is such a queen and Audrey Hepburn in the film version as well I believe also incredible um I don't know if I could live up to them but it was definitely um a whole lot of fun it was a challenge for me to do the two different British accents and um again to have the titular role to be that lead is uh, something that I really, I treasure that memory. What, how old were you when you played that? I would have been 18. 18? I'm going to make you do the unthinkable and decide who did you like in that role better, Audrey Hepburn or Julie Andrews? <sighs> Is Julie Andrews, does she do it, like, is it on film anywhere? I don't know if it's on film, but 
who, like, I, I would say, like, even though I didn't see it, I would probably say Julie Andrews is my favorite just because in the movie version, uh, Audrey Hepburn, that's not her voice there. Right, right. She's very cute. She's so adorable, though. But uh, I think I would probably have to pick Julie Andrews for the full package. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I, I think it's kind of funny. The controversy there is, like, they didn't hire her for the movie, and then she goes on to win uh, the for Mary Poppins, Yeah, right? for Mary Poppins and beating out, on, <laughs> beating out Audrey Hepburn, which I thought was a little bit funny, especially the sick Julie Andrews burn that she did. <laughs> She thinks. Yeah, that is such a great story. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So do you like Mary Poppins? Gotta ask. I do like Mary Poppins. Uh, I never got to be in the musical of that, mm-hmm. but I would have loved to. Yeah. It is one of my favorites. So you have an album called Distracts. Um, is there anything uh, uh, you want to say about the inspiration for the album that's currently out now? Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, like I mentioned before, I was really unable to write original music, and these songs on Distracts were some of the first good ones, I think, that I wrote. And I think it's because I had to write about what I was feeling and what I had been through. Mm-hmm. So, um, while I was in Spain, I had the misfortune to be in a pretty toxic, manipulative, emotionally abusive relationship. And it was so much about keeping me hidden, keeping me isolated, keeping secrets and silence that I guess I used these songs to help me process everything I had experienced and I used it to fight back and to find my voice again. Well, I'm sorry that you had to experience the abusive relationship, but I, from what I've seen, you've come, uh, you've, you've just really used that as a point to recreate yourself. And as the source of pain became kind of an inspiration and it's unfortunate that things like that seem to happen that way. Yeah, it really, thank you. Um, It definitely did become an inspiration. And it was also how my YouTube channel got started. So it's always a little bit bittersweet, but it is what it is. It happened the way it happened. And um, the only thing I control is what I do moving forward. Good advice always. So I'm going to do some rapid fire questions. Okay. Marilyn Monroe or Audrey Hepburn? Audrey Hepburn. (laughs) Got to, after after we... I'm still thinking about how cute she is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Favorite music genre? I know that might be a hard one, but... Ooh. Been listening to a lot of disco lately. Disco. 
Love it. Mm-hmm. And favorite cover for you personally that you did? California Dreamin'. California Dreamin'. Alright. Mm-hmm. Well, that is all the questions that I have. Thank you so much for doing this interview. And yeah, thank you. I, I wish you all the best, and I hope to hear another album out for you in a couple years or so. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I'm working on maybe it. a little while so that you can uh, I need gather. A, I need a rest. A right, bit, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wish yeah. you luck, and I hope that your career just skyrockets. Thank you so much you're for very talented. Me. It's been oh, fun. All right. Thank you. You can get some of the songs you were listening to on this podcast on Bandcamp. By the way, there is a performance done by Julie Andrews of My Fair Lady. It is on the Ed Sullivan Show. You can find it on YouTube. As of yet, I have not seen any pirated copies of a Broadway show from that time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Distracts is available in the iTunes store. And if you are listening on Anchor, please, you can message me and I can respond to it. I love hearing from you guys. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a review. I really appreciate them. I'll let one of my favorites of Anne's take us out. Quiero hablar en español, pero necesito practicar mi español. Lo siento. This has been a Hope Sears presentation, darling.